Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Emily McGuire. Emily McGuire is the principal of Flourish and Grit, an email marketing firm that helps businesses improve the effectiveness of their email campaigns. Emily has helped create thousands of successful marketing strategies, such as an abandoned cart campaign that brings in over a million dollars a year for one of her clients. Today, Emily will share her process for building unique email campaign templates and her best advice for digital marketers and entrepreneurs. I'm so glad you're here today, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thanks. Yeah, glad to be here. So I need to hear all about this, right? Because you work with digital marketers, entrepreneurs and all that, but you focus down on one key thing, which is email. Mm -hmm. And I love that because, you know, like in order to, in order to really be great at something, you really do have to hone in on that specific skill. Can you please tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today with Flourish and Grit? Yeah. So I started out as a digital marketing strategist or generalist, uh, like so many people um, at a really small company that was in a high growth phase. And, uh, you know, I did everything uh, that they needed done, you know, website edits, uh, social media. And then they were like, oh, you do Internet you can do email too, right? (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, sure. That's not how it works, but I'll try it. And so I got into email that way and realized I loved it more than all the other things that I was working on. And uh, because of the relationship building aspect of it, right? You can do follow-ups and sequences that really um, tell a story with your subscribers. Uh, So then uh, that company ended up uh, going bankrupt. So we, I moved on to uh, a very large e-commerce company only doing email marketing. And it was there that I learned from marketing veterans on how to use emotion and design to get people to take action from your emails. So I was there a few years and I had a baby. And it was time to make some changes. So my husband and I moved back to Michigan, where he's from and where I used to live as well, uh, to be near family. And I was looking around for jobs. And I was like, I do not want to do the generalist thing anymore. I really like really deep diving into one thing. And that thing is email for me. And uh, and I didn't want an hour plus commute each way because uh, I live just outside of Detroit. And if you know the area, it's very sprawled out. So people are driving all over the place there. So 
Uh, so I thought I'd create my own job and I did. I created my own job and have been, uh, you know, my old employer was my first client and have expanded from there. So I've worked with really large e-commerce companies, tech companies, SaaS companies, coaches, uh, consultants, you know, all over the board and have uh, been able to apply what I learned in e-commerce to uh, the B2B world and vice versa. So do you focus then just on uh, uh, just on a certain aspect, like just for businesses or just uh, talking to consumers or do you cover all of that? I cover all of it and I have a really, because it's you know, everybody tells you to focus in on or niche down. And I love e-commerce. Again, that's where I learned this. I've, you know, I've been involved in e-commerce for over 10 years um, in some way or another. Um, But the B2B world is so interesting to me because this, uh, especially if your sales cycle is really long, uh, I think that in the B2B world, they really get nurturing, right? Um, because you have to keep your name top of mind. You have, to, it takes a lot longer for that decision to be made. So you have more opportunity to build that like know and trust factor. Uh, so I like both. I'm a very dualistic person, I guess. No, I love it because basically what you're talking about here is that, you know, anytime there is an opportunity to speak to your direct customer, whether, you know, it's a consumer who's going to buy a product from you or on the business side, you know, if you're trying to get them to hone in on a, on a long sales cycle, you need to be nurturing them, right? And there is no mm-hmm. cheaper way to do that than with email because A, uh, for the most part, it can be automated and B, you can really create based on the segmentation and the targeting, you can really create some customized conversations depending on the actions and behaviors of the people that you're trying to target. Can you please talk a little bit about how you like how you come up with the, um, you know, like with the process of whether you need to nurture them, I don't know, across three, uh, three emails or across six or across 10 or across a year? How do you help a company coalesce that into an actual program that they can uh, that they can implement? Yeah. So, well, first of all, you know, how long you need to nurture somebody depends on the average length of your sales cycle for so so for some businesses that decision making process is like five minutes <laughs> uh, so you really have to get in there and work fast uh, for some businesses that can be 18 months and so that's really where you start um, how fast is that buying cycle and from there uh, I like to focus on customer journey and I think that's the most powerful way to look at personalization and customer Customization, especially in email marketing, because you're going to talk to people very differently if they are a lead versus a customer. And you're going to talk to a customer who has sort of ghosted you or gone inactive or been offboarded a lot differently than somebody who's a new customer or a loyal customer. And so if you start thinking about that buying journey and that customer journey, you start realizing that there are all these opportunities to really care for your customers, to talk to them in really unique ways that nurtures them to the next action. So that's usually where I start talking to people is breaking down their customer journey and what actions their customers need to take in order to become a customer, to become a loyal customer or a reactivated customer. And then we work from there. 
You know, I love that explanation because it really, um, you know, it really um, tones down, you know, whether these people are top of funnel or bottom of funnel, you know, you need to, you need to really decide and think about how your message is going to be received on the other end. Exactly. You know, one thing that for me, that's really fascinating about, uh, about email marketing in particular is that it should be treated not as an expense, like, oh, I got to get, I have to get this email journey out the door. Mm-hmm. It should be treated like an actual product because that is your actual money make, right? Because the the difference between a poor customer journey or a poorly conceived campaign versus a highly efficient campaign, you know, like I read in the intro, could be the difference between a million dollars or plus. Can you please talk a little bit about how customers actually, you know, actually engage with that and maybe give an example or two of how you were able to take something that was performing poorly and move that into something that converted a lot better? Yeah. So um, there are a few pieces to that. And one is, you know, really harnessing the power of data, which is what email really lets you do. So you can look at all your metrics on social media or your ads, but these are really, um, these are really, uh, it's like a, a general view of who your audience is. But if you have the ability to tie an email address to that data, now you have a way to follow up. And that's how I approach it too. Is So not only do you have the customer journey, but you need to be able to organize your data in a way to be able to capture that. So in the e-commerce world, the most common type of um, campaign that I can give an example of is an abandoned cart. So that's when somebody is shopping on the site, they put something in their cart, but they don't check out. And that's when I did that testing process um, for a client slash former employer, uh, where we tested several iterations over the course of six months. And we saw uh, at least a 10% bump in revenue over the course of that year uh, through that testing process. Where this also applies is um, in the in the B2B world, I have a client where, you know, we're really capturing all the data we can about a subscriber uh, to tell when they're becoming a hot lead. So instead of, you know, wasting your salespeople's time reaching out to unqualified leads, your marketing efforts can start qualifying them, right? And you can start doing contact scoring based on somebody's engagement with their emails as well as your website. And so that's when it becomes incredibly more powerful is that you can see what people are looking at on your website to gauge their interest and infer that they're getting closer and closer down your funnel. So another example I'll give you is a welcome series. Um, So your subscribers are going to be most engaged with you right after they sign up for your emails. So if you're nurturing them right out the gate, um, you have a much higher chance of closing that sale much more quickly. So I've like, I've tested um, welcome series and basically made one um, or transferred one to that was more directed at or in the, the mindset of direct mail, um, because a lot of people make that mistake. They think email is direct mail. Um, and I, I aligned it more with a mobile responsive a much more up-to-date um, interpretation of how digital marketing is done. And we were able to increase click-throughs by 100%, revenue by 30%, like just, and it was just on the first welcome email. It was 
it, it was bananas. You know what's interesting about that is the, the um, you know, how much, just how much the design and the actual, you know, like framework that you go through for like what you're going to say and when you're going to say it actually has a direct impact on how your, you know, on how your emails are received. You know, like it used to be that uh, that mobile traffic was, you know, 20, 30, maybe 40 percent of your, you know, of your overall traffic. And I think now, you know, most of the emails that were open first get opened on mobile devices, right? Only afterwards they'll get more, they'll get opened on desktops or laptops. And also the way people consume it, like if you have a lot of uh, a lot of distractions going on on screen, you know, that could affect, you know, how the message is actually is actually received on the other end. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's about user experience and understanding how people are consuming digital content these days. And, you know, the last stat I looked at on how many people were opening on mobile was 50%. I'm sure that's higher now. And for some brands, you know, you might be at 70, 80% depending on your audience. And, and that's, again, what I see a lot of people um, miss opportunities on in all of their digital content, but particularly email, is really thinking about the user experience and how people consume emails and how do you really capture their attention, give them the most relevant information they need, and then um, guide them to convert? And again, it, those are big mistakes I see a lot of people make. They they bury their calls to action. They bury the lead. They don't think about what's in it for me as a subscriber. And they don't think about how to make the email experience really easy for people to convert. Uh, and uh, again, like, you know, if you're a generalist and you're trying to manage 10 digital marketing channels, right, you don't really have the opportunity to dig in there. And I get it. Like I have been that person. Um, but there is a lot of opportunity if you give it focus and space. You know, I love it because you're taking the specialist route, right? You know, you can go to, you know, your general doctor and they'll give you something. But if you really want to figure out like why that headache is happening to you all the time, you go to a specialist, right? right. You want to make sure that you're going to the person who knows the most about the, you know, who knows them, uh, the most about that particular aspect, you know, of your marketing plan. And I think that's so important because, you know, like marketing can, uh, should not and frankly, is not, you know, something where you just hire one person and they hire and they take care of everything that may get you through, you know, like a, you know, like a soft patch in your business. But, you know, as an overall strategy, you need to make sure that all of these things are happening in sync. You know, your technology for serving up the web pages needs to be great. Your marketing message needs to be on point. The products that you're selling need to be on point. You know, it's all part of this, you know, this huge package. And that's really why you need to make sure that you're communicating this stuff, you know, very, very effectively. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, about the about a checklist that you go through of how you actually, you know, like think about, you know, that forces you to think about the steps of how you craft these emails step by step. What does that look like in your world? Yeah, so I call it a so I have a framework that I work from called a sustainable email marketing framework. And mainly for me, that means that um, it's thinking about your, the profitability of your emails, right? So what's going to get you the best bang for your buck? And I start with aligning the email campaign, right? So, and what I mean by that is, you know, you have your goals as a business, right? Sometimes those are not articulated well enough for uh, your marketing channels. And if they're, so if they're not, that needs to be articulated and, uh, 
and in a way that can be measurable, right? So what are some digital touch points you can look at to see how close you are to getting your goals to your goals? Your subscribers have their own goals, right? They're not your goals. (laughs) So they are looking for something specific, knowledge, inspiration, ideas, um, solutions to their problems. So how do you align those two things? So that you are speaking to what your subscribers are looking for and then guiding them to that next right action uh, to become a customer and making it very, very easy for them to do. Again, this is a mistake I see a lot of businesses make. They don't make it clear about what they want the subscriber to do within the email to solve their problem or pain point. Um, And they put the burden on the subscriber to go find that information. So if you, if your call to action is, you know, contact us, how do they do that? (laughs) Right? You would think it would be self-explanatory, And that would be intuitive, but you need to give people direction, right? Like that is helping them. It's assisting them by giving them the exact right information right in front of them. Don't make them look for it. So that's where I start. You know, that's a really good point because let's say, for example, you're just working on the email part, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're directing them, like if they don't have a proper contact us page set up or they don't have a proper landing page for, you know, that's going to exactly talk about the one subject that you're talking about in your email, you're losing them, Right. right? you know, uh, you're losing them. You, you, you know, you missed it because everything needs to be, you know, efficient and in a, you know, and in a line that, that someone can go from ad, you know, to the website, get the email, then they know exactly where to come back to, right? If you're going to say like, click here to buy the product, don't send them back to the front page. Right. You know, exactly. send them back to that exact product. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, and that gets missed. That gets missed a lot, actually. And it, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, like when you point that out, people are like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It just makes you look like the superhero, right? Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, this guy knows what he's talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I get that advantage because I'm not in it, right? Like I, I mean, I can do marketing, email marketing all day, every day for another business, but doing for, for myself is a totally different story, right? Because you're just so in it, so hard to get that outside perspective. And I mean, the biggest thing that I talk to people about is like, because some people are really, really anxious about coming off as too salesy, right? They don't want to turn off their subscribers. They don't want them to unsubscribe. But if you're not giving people an incentive to purchase or really helping them in that purchasing process, you're making them guess. You're making them do more work and that is not helping. Right. Uh, And so I think when people think about, um, you know, what's going to turn people off, what they forget about is, uh, giving people all of the information they need to make a purchase or to convert or whatever it is you want them to do is helping, right? Uh, You are taking the mental load off of their plate. And uh, yeah, it's again, it's a big misconception. You know, uh, the, uh, the the visual that comes to mind for me is, um, I, you know, I was just at a conference a couple of weeks ago and basically they just said like, love your unsubscribers, right? And, it, you know, at first it's a, you know, it's counterintuitive. It's like, wait a second, I want more subscribers, not unsubscribers. So basically what it is, is that mm-hmm. if someone unsubscribed, 
then they're making a, you know, a decision saying, hey, you know something? I'm just not that into you. Right. You know, and that's fine. You know, like you you, you don't want to deal with people who just aren't that in, into you. Right. You know, you want to deal with people who are engaged. You want to be communicating with, with customers and clients that are going to be your biggest fans, that are going to tell you when you mess up, that are going to tell you when you do great and are going to request more and better products from you in the future. Right. So, okay. So you have a few unsubscribes. No big deal. Figure out why they're unsubscribing. Right. But then that's also an opportunity to to learn and move on. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, people think unsubscribe. I mean, a lot of people don't even look at their unsubscribes because they don't like, they take it too personally. <laughs> and uh, what I have found is it's a great data point because it can tell you what's turning people off. Right. And it can tell you about the overall health and quality of your list like you just mentioned. And and I'll say this too, because a lot of people chase the almighty open, right? Uh, and that's the primary metric that they're looking at. Uh, and so some people are so focused on that, they'll take shortcuts to try and increase it. So I'm talking about like clickbait type of subject lines or like uh, changing the from name to something creative or cute. And I have tested that. And yes, you're open rates do increase, but so do your unsubscribes. <laughs> and if you're only looking at the open rate, you're going to totally miss that, um, that you just turned off a bunch of people by trying to be cute. You know what's the uh, you know what's a great analogy for this? Uh, you know, I tell people to do this all the time. Go to the largest regional shopping mall in your area. Stand in the middle, like pick any day, just but just stand in the middle and just watch how many people are walking around and how many people are walking around with bags, right? So in this analogy, first of all, the people are the opens, right? You know, they're the ones who you know they're walking past the store, they see the window sign, they see the they see the display that's up front, mm-hmm. and if you can entice them to come into the store, okay, even better. So they visited, right? That's a customer visit. If they walk up with a bag, that's a conversion, mm-hmm. right? No, right? And what happens is, you know, look at the Apple store and then look at a, I don't know, Pottery Barn that'll be like right next to it, right? You know, completely different stores, but there's 200 people inside the Apple store and there's 15 inside of the Pottery Barn, right? Which may be good for their margins, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, they, you want to create buzz. You want to be drawing more people in mm-hmm. and you want to be creating, you want to be creating this, uh, you know, the uh, this marketing collateral that people can actually use. Apple makes products that people can actually use, right? You know, Pottery Barn, well, you know, that's a nice coffee table, right? <laughs> right? So you're not going to, you're not going to get too excited about it, right? Right. But, yes. But at the same time, you know, it's like you really want to be yeah. focusing on, you know, like not only how the, um, how the email and the message manifests itself, you know, in the wild and how you're communicating with your clients, but you also want to be sure that, you know, it's well received. You're not, uh, I don't know, taking a political stand, which will hurt your sales, uh, you know, <laughs> immensely if you go the wrong direction with that. I mean, you really do need to be careful, but you, but it's also the greatest opportunity for you to create raving fans. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, but I will say like, as long as it's part of your brand, right? Like if being political is part of your brand, do it, you know? Um, but yeah, if, And it's also being really aware of what your brand is, too. So you're aligning your vision for who you want 
um, your customers to be with your vision of your growth for your company. And um, if you don't have those things nailed down, then you're just sort of, it's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things to nail down. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's a lot of work to do. There are a lot of things to nail down. Yeah. It's yeah. like a tenpole. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to nail yeah. down all those bases. I love it. Right, Emily, I love all this value that you're dropping on the show today. Thank you so much for that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Yeah. So um, I'm really cool and I hang out on LinkedIn a lot. <laughs> they let me on. They gave me an account. Uh, so feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. And I also have um, a free guide on how to uh, really supercharge a lead magnet to increase your list size. So if you want to check that out, it's at flourishgrit.com slash magnet. And you can also find um, my contact info on my website or DM me on LinkedIn, whichever. I love it. The cool kids on LinkedIn, right? The cool kids on LinkedIn. That's classic. <laughs> I, Emily, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and my and the audience to talk about email marketing. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.